one of the <clears throat> the things I I don't mind uh, repeating because it's the hardest thing to get across. I think that uh, that the goodness of God and His mercy and the provision is a finished thing if we if we trust Him and walk in it. And it's uh, it's not that we. You know, you can get, it's amazing, you can get calluses sitting on the couch. And uh, it's a comfortable place, but it's, uh, it's not smart. And um, I, I, I want to recommend, um, again, and I want to read the, the same thing. I think I read it the other morning. It was amazing. We had uh, maybe a third of the folks here. But in Proverbs 8, it talks about the gift of Christ, the lamb slain from the beginning uh, of the world. And, and what, and, and, and I, I know I may have sounded um, uh, heavy uh, regarding our financial thing, and, and certainly we're blessed, and I'm not apologizing for what I said, but I want you to understand that it, it, can, it can be a, a soporific. Uh, security and finances can go like that in, in the insanity of, of, that we're facing, not just here, but all over the world. And we, we don't, and I don't want to say this before I forget. To me, one of the most important things for us as individuals and collectively, and sometimes we'll just get together uh, to pray for just the, 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 the absolute polarization of, of the whole political system, because it's going to affect us. But largely, our attention is so much on the world anyway, and, the, and the, the, the heart of God is to remove you and me. That, that our faces are on the spiritual elements and the things we can't see. And so that demands a prayer life that maybe you've never had and, and saying, God, please, I, I don't know how to go this way because you don't. And you will hear people say this. I'm tired of saying, hear people saying we can't do it. But because the natural soul The natural soul is so active and so um, uh, inclined to search out, to look at it. And, and I think I, I, I confess the other day, I, I, I was on, the, I think I forget we were in California perhaps, but I was so glutted and interested in, in information. And information is not a relationship with God. Uh, the relationship with God is mystical, it's unseen, and it's so specific to you alone. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, you know, when there's more of a collective thing. But I want, I want to read again so that you know uh, and, and get this. 
uh, in, in Proverbs 8. What, what really is what you're experiencing, what I'm experiencing, what we, uh, it's, it's sometimes so indefinable that you, 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 it's hard to express. You say, well, I felt the Lord. You know, and, and for our young people, God does not say, hello, here you are. I want you to go to you know, Southern California. But his presence is a speaking that, <laughs> that we as sons get as, as those who are born of Christ and are walking in that level of maturity. When he speaks, we get it. Uh, I mean, even so much as, uh, you know, you, you turn around when you're going someplace or you're going someplace and you keep going because you have his presence. And uh, we, um, here it is uh, in Proverbs 8, and I'm, I'm getting the guts of this. In verse 18, it says, Rich in, Riches and honor are with me. That's Christ. Yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit, and that is your engagement, my engagement with, with the Christ that, that I have become, the son that I have become by being born again. Is, is really the, 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 the greatest gift that we can have to be mystically born into the family of God, a part of, of God's intention, and, and we're to be evidence. And it's amazing, God will not do it without us. <laughs> he won't. We will be engaging in these places, wherever he says. But... Uh, it won't be from us because I have uh, uh, some inclination. It will be by the source, the life, the spirit, the mystical thing of God himself. And, and sometimes and everyone in the room that has any years with God know that God says things to you and, and you couldn't say, well, yeah, he just wrote it down there on the paper or, you know, I mean, sometimes dreams will be very, very, uh, very clear. But it says, I lead in the way of righteousness, that's Christ, in the midst of the paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance. And, you know, Some of you, you know that you don't have to be told. You don't have to be told. But the substance of, of peace, the substance of being able to rest, the substance, uh, the, the capacity of God not, not to uh, hold on and, in a prideful way against people. I mean, you, you have, as a, as a group, many, many of you have come to a place where you hate the ugliness of the immaturity 
that you have, and I know I've come to hate mine. Uh, so much so, and, and the devil can script you. But what you're doing is you're, you're growing toward the, the wholeness of what, what God is himself. And it's costly, but it's more substantial. And this is why I, I, you've heard me say it, and it sounds ridiculous, but I have said to my grandsons, go ahead and go to hell, you'll be back. Because it's hell not to be under the everlasting arms of the Creator. You give yourself a few days there, and you do. And if you stop offering, that's where you'll be. As soon as you stop offering, you, you move in to the abomination that leads to desolation because you've been purchased by God himself. And he's promised as a nurturing father never to let you go. That, 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 that he knows every hair on your head and there's not a bird that falls from the sky. He knows your thoughts before you think them. And you have a capacity to engage in that. And sometimes when I think of my own lassitude or my own interest in my pursuits, I mean, it is, it is, it is a sickening, a putrid, filthy thing that we can become if we don't engage and know what we have. We live in the, you know, in the poverty section of self-reflection. You give yourself a day looking at you, and it is a very, very long, long, ugly day. Somebody say amen. You know what that's about. He says, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. Has he ever done that in the natural with us? And we have to, you know, see that in a balanced way. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I was set up from the everlasting, <laughs> everlasting from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, I was brought forth. God has done this. He's your father. It's, it's, it's the most special and tender thing there is. And uh, we never want to get so habituated in our little traditions that we forget that. Until so we get together like this to remind ourselves. And God help us tonight. Help me because I can get, uh, when I'm me, I'm in a dangerous place, and it's very boring, and it's a piece of hell that you, you get tired of very quickly. All right, God help us. Father, gather us together. We're looking forward uh, to uh, adoring you, of finding your tenderness, your greatness, because we see the juxtaposition of our immaturity, even with all that we've been given. And so we ask you, Lord, to bring us to an understanding of how wealthy and overwhelmingly capacitated you're trying to make us 
forever and ever in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's gather. It's going to be good tonight, isn't it? Yes. I will say this. I like what Brother Bill said about personal. I'm just, uh, I realize more and more, um, it doesn't matter how much sameness you feel. As soon as you reach in to the Spirit of the Lord, sameness is totally left behind. I just want to say that. There is every opportunity for newness. It just simply is a matter of entering in. Same place, and you can be in a totally different place in the Lord. So take opportunity. I texted Aaron about leading, and I forgot I didn't hear back from him. Brooke told me he's on the dark side, so we want to pray for him. <laughs> Even as you're on the dark side. He is exalted.
I've known for a long time. I first started coming up to the land in the late 80s. I had spent several summers with my Aunt Becky and just fell in love with it and um, just the, the, the heart that I sensed in, in people. Um, that I was, was there for my senior year and then my brother Daniel came and he lived with um, Andy and Sarah Jane Trotter and he did his senior year there. And then my brother James came and he did a senior year here. And then my brother Mark came. <laughs> we started a good tradition. And uh, then um, when I was at Medical College of Georgia in Augusta going to the Physician's Assistant Program, that's where I met him. And then we managed to get back up here been almost 18 years ago. My two oldest daughters, Sophia and Nadia, last time we were up here, we were wondering, does the sound of a screaming six-month-old attract bears when you go through the woods? Because <laughs> we had them on our backs with bug nets. We're, you know, so uh, anyhow, um, we are so happy. We had the, we figured, well, our oldest daughter um, just finished a year at Bethel Tech doing UI UX design. I barely know what her title that she's studying is, that she's, but she's done really well. And then Nadia just graduated, so we said, you know, before they all start going in multiple different directions, let's get up here. And because uh, I, I truly, I've always felt like this is family here. It always has been. It can be many, many years. We show up in kindergarten. That were, oh, come stay with us. You know, we're, we're used to yelling, "Kids is fine," and so we stayed with them some last time we were up here. And everyone has been just so loving and so welcoming and we feel apart even though we you know have been on the other side of the u.s so uh i'm gonna let him give his own uh more detailed intro you didn't even write that down that was pretty good <laughs> um so I'm, I'm todd harlos and i have talked to a lot of you guys here and uh, uh you know let me just say that uh i, I love all y'all i love you guys Oh, that's good because I'm kinetic. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, and like Mary said, you know, I always feel like I'm coming home, like I'm coming home to family. Whenever I run into anybody from this this extended church, and it's all over the place. I mean, I um, I always laugh that I've run into more people from the move throughout my life than. When I lived in Gwinnett County in Atlanta for 10 years, I ran into maybe one person, you know, out in the wild, so to speak, right? So it's kind of funny that, um, thank you guys. Thank you for taking in my kids and, um, you know, just making them feel at home as well. It must be love. My heart's just beating through my chest. And I'm just gonna apologize up front. I'm not a speaker. Um, I'll try not to say anything too embarrassing. Uh, I'm the third string youth leader uh, that gets called 10 minutes before we walk out the door, you know, you're on. So um, I, um, I, t I will tend to talk. I have wrote down, I have two pages here that I'm going to try and follow uh, just to keep myself on track. Um, you know, I, some of you heard me say I'm not a people person, but if you get me one-on-one, -on -one, Don knows, <laughs> Becky listened to me all the way up from Valdez. Uh, you know, Don asked me like two questions and I talked for five hours. So I mean, I'm not gonna, I didn't wear a watch. I'll give you the move warning, I didn't wear a watch. But I'm not gonna take five hours. Um, he has a, an incredible amount to share. <laughs> and I'm, 
I'm going to try and not repeat anything that I've talked about. I'm not a one-trick pony. I do think about things. I, I sometimes say that I don't have a, really an original thought in my body, but I do think about what I read and what I hear um, and what I observe. And so that's kind of me. I may throw these on in a minute. You know, this is not, this is Special Forces cool. <laughs> This is not. This is Special Forces retired, right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> just saying. So, all right. Um, I've already covered a section. Good. All right. So, uh, I was uh, was born in Western New York, uh, I, but I count myself as a Southerner. I have lived in the South for 36 years now. If I hang around here long enough. You know, you won't hear any trace of a southern accent. I'll sound like I was from Alaska. You know, give me a couple weeks. I have a chameleon accent. Um, my mom comes to visit in a few days. You know, she doesn't recognize my voice anymore. I was unchurched for 31 years. Um, my grandmother was Lutheran. She went to church. So the only time I ever went to church is if I got put with my grandmother and I just remember a lot of standing up and sitting down and they did a lot of stuff in Latin at the church too so I don't speak Latin um, uh, I do speak Spanish there's not a, not a drop of Hispanic blood in me that I know of um, pretty much Central European mud um, I found God on I-20 in Georgia and it was at that point, I was at a, a difficult point in my life, and I had been, I had, and this is, okay, so maybe I do have to tell a story that some of you have heard. But there was three, really, I had three influences in my life. Uh, my best friend, Bob, is a very devout Christian, and he and I, when I transitioned out of the, the active duty army into the National Guard, into a National Guard Special Forces unit in 1995, I was drilling in Auburn, Alabama, and Bob and I both lived northeast Atlanta in this about 10 minutes from each other, two hour drive, two and a half hour drive. So we started riding together and we would have some pretty good debates. Him as a, you know, devout, lifelong Christian and me as not. And, uh, but he was never, he was never pushy. It was never pushing it on me. It was more debating and it was, you know, as, as we lament about, you know, how polarized our society has come now, that people can't get together, have like a vigorous debate for hours maybe, and then at the end not agree, but peacefully separate and still like each other. Like, you know, that is, is something that is lost, and um, it's unfortunate that we can't, you know, agree to disagree. Um, so Bob was one. Um, and so he was sort of constantly working on me. And I was, you know, I considered myself fairly open-minded, so I was willing to have debate. The next guy was another Special Forces guy, my team leader who, uh, on the National Guard team, who in his real life was a church pastor. Now he was, his church had some very peculiar beliefs, right? And uh, that's when we were part of, well, I didn't believe, actually, no, I wasn't yet. But later on, he was still in that church when Mary and I were together. And, He's like, you guys are in that cult over there. He's joined the cult. Just want to tell you, you know, he's on, he's on our team now. But, uh, but back then, you know, his, his church had this belief that, you know, once, once you were saved, that was it. You were saved. And you could totally toss Jesus out the window 
and it didn't matter. And, and not that I ever agreed with that concept, but you know, it, it sort of got me thinking about things a little bit. And then um, I met Mary, and so you know, uh, for a year, uh, over a couple years, you know, we were, it was a small, our PA school class was small, it was 40 people. And so, and I was, uh, you know, unfortunately, again, I'm not, I don't like getting up in front of people, but circumstances dictated and I became our class president. And then, although I'm terrible with names and I've done a miraculous job at remembering as many names as I have here, um, and trust me on that, um, I made it a point of, of getting to know everybody in our class. It was 40 people, and so I felt that as, as their class president that I needed to know everybody. And so one day, we were the class had gone out to lunch, and we were at a long table, and I was sitting across from Mary, and she was talking about how she saw visions and saw angels and saw, you know, demons, and there was this spiritual warfare, and I'm like, what? What? Really? And so, so these, the, all these things were sort of swirling around, and I'm, it was in a hard point, and I was just sort of reached out to God while I was driving, and um, maybe I should have wore a watch, and um, and He was there, you know, the presence, the presence of God filled my car, and and I knew He was real. I, at that point, I still was like, I don't know about this Jesus thing, but I know that there is a supreme being. And, uh, and it wasn't long after that. And then I told my buddy Bob, and you know, we drank a Guinness over it in celebration. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry if that offends anybody. You know, <laughs> you know beer is proof God loves us and he wants to be happy, right? So, um, <laughs> uh, as far as the army stuff, I'm not gonna talk, Don can fill you in. He got the whole story. <laughs> Um, you know, but I, I uh, joined the Army in 1987, right out of high school. I did a couple of years as an infantryman. I um, applied for, attended a selection course, and got selected into Army Special Forces. I did, I was part of the 1st Special Forces Regiment for 18 years, um, 13 years as a team guy, had a long break in service, eight kids in 11 years, and then a few years after the twins were born, I went back in. Uh, and did five more years, but took a commission, and I was a battalion PA in an SF uh, battalion, a Special Forces battalion, which was nice to be able to mentor um, people. Um, I've been a Christian for 23 years now, and um, and glad for it. Um, there, as I'm, I'm, I'm going to say a lot of stuff that's probably preaching to the choir, but there's a security, and when I went to Afghanistan in 2002, um, and I actually got interviewed by a, a research psychologist for this. Um, not just me; there was a lot of people, but she was astounded. I was never, I was never worried for what would happen to me. Okay, I was never worried for it. And um, and we, you know, we were in dicey situations. I'll tell you a couple, maybe a have not, and uh, some haves. Uh, you know. I have seen combat, I have been shot at. Uh, Winston Churchill said there's nothing more exhilarating than being shot at without effect, something to that nature. And I can verify that that is true. Um, I have not killed anybody. Um, I have jumped out of airplanes, I've blown stuff up. Uh, I, 
Um, I believe being a special forces medic is one of the best jobs in the world, at least in the 1990s when you were totally on your own. Now they just call up on a satellite phone and there's no fun anymore. You know, you, you're, kind of, uh, you're kind of held accountable. As long as you didn't kill anybody, though, you were pretty much good to go for helping people. Um, and I mean killing people in a medical way. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know they can. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, Mary and I are both PAs. She hadn't practiced since Teddy was, since she was pregnant with Teddy. And um, we have gradually sort of drifted off of the medical reservation. She's long gone from it. I've got one foot in it still, because I got to still work there for several more years, but that's okay. Um, so I'm gonna give a short sort of personal, next slide, a uh, short non-personal testimony. Um, this is about my brother-in-law, Mark, who, um, you know, I, I love all of my brother-in-laws and their wives, and Mark is probably the one who, is, who I'm closest with, even though we are, you know, almost a generation um, apart. And so it was very personal to me, and we were, we were on the phone a lot. Um, you know, he was in the Coast Guard. He, last year, he had 16 years in, in October, and, you know, the military, of course, had this shot mandate. Um, seeing as he was on active duty, he was unable to dodge any of the dates. I have some friends in the uh, guard who refused to take the shot and they actually, you know, thankfully procrastinated, dragged their feet long enough that they didn't get kicked out and so they can finish their time. You know, and I'm not gonna get into the politics of the shot or whether I believe it's a good idea or not. You know, it's a personal decision. And if you took, if God spoke to you and said you're supposed to have that shot, and you took it, you know, you don't, have, you don't feel guilty about that. I don't feel guilty for not taking it. Um, and so, and I, you know, I got sick after getting COVID um, and got really sick and was in the hospital. And I know that, uh, and I don't know if any of y'all up here were praying for me, but I know that uh, I was in a room isolated with uh, a HEPA filter that some of you younger people don't remember, but the older folks probably do. You know, there was a jet plane that had the two engines on the back of the fuselage. And when you got the cheap seats, you sat between those engines and it was loud, like it was loud. And so I would have earplugs in most of the time trying to count how many dots were on the ceiling panels, but it was literally like being in a sensory deprivation um, chamber. And I am, um, you know, I have self-diagnosed myself. I'm on the spectrum somewhere, you know, I don't know where but somewhere I am, right? And so usually if left to my own devices, I have a lot of stuff swirling around in my head. And so sometimes it's hard to hear that, that quiet voice when that's the case, right? I'm not the only one. I know I see some of y'all nodding, so you're right there with me. Uh, but in that case, you know, I had nothing else to really think about. You know, I mean, I'd listened to, you know, I was listening to some Guadalcanal, you know, history, cause that was real suffering there and um, texting like crazy and doing a lot of cut and paste test texting. But if I sat quietly and, and listened, felt I could, I think, and I know I, I said this to a lot of people and I thank you guys for praying. I could, I, it was just like arms lifting me up. I never, I asked God at the very beginning of the whole, when I first started, I was like, God, is this it? And nope. And so I'm like, all right, we just got to get through this thing then. So, you know, <laughs> uh, and there's funny side stories. I can, you know, I'm not going to get into that now. But uh, there's, I always have, if y'all are bored, if anybody's bored and see me standing around, ask me about something and I'll probably talk to you off. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, let me get back to Mark. So, 
last October, you know, he's sort of at that final breaking point, and they, they, you know, he's up against the wall. Take the shot, or we're going to kick you out. And so he's in. He was in contention with God. He was worried about his family. You know, how am I going to feed them? How where, where am I going to live? You know, they had a house, but they now he had no income coming in, and um, you know. Basically, he heard God say to him, am I enough? He's like, but, you know, I've got this health insurance and I'll get paid and I can. Am I enough? Am I enough for you? Don't worry about, you know, the implied thing was don't worry about the, the details. Am I enough for you? Can you trust me? Right. That's my that's my addition. Do you trust me? And, I, and we, we spent lots of hours on the phone. Um. So he ended up getting kicked out. He, they stayed up in North Carolina for a while. He got a job just doing sort of uh, escort duty, ironically, as a, as a government contractor. Um, not required to have the shot at that point if you followed any of the law stuff. And, um, and then at some point he came in contact with some prior uh, Coast Guardians of his down in Jacksonville applied for a government job, got, a, got accepted to a government job, and the day he, we moved him down, the day he's at the job signing sort of like the final, you're here paperwork, he gets an email from the Coast Guard, they want him back, or do you want to come back, is basically what they said. And, uh, and he kind of did, we talked about it, and I, and I had my opinions on it, what they should do, what they should give him. He had an advocate in Washington at the Coast Guard headquarters that he talked to, and you know, basically it was, you gotta do what's best for your family. A couple other people are in this situation. Nobody has been given any dates of when they're actually gonna get brought back in and they're not getting paid in the meantime. So, you know, Coast Guard doesn't need to know you've got a civilian job and your civilian job doesn't need to know you're looking at getting back into the Coast Guard. Part of his education though, while he was there, and this will come in play in a minute, you know, was that he saw if he was called back to military duty that they had to hold his job for five years, right? Now he's got 16 years in, 20 years to retire. Uh, it, it works out that he comes back in. Now he wanted a, a bunch, there was a bunch of concessions that he wanted, in, but in the end, really what mattered was he wanted to be close to family for his last tour. They gave him Jacksonville. He actually did not change desks from his civilian job doing the same thing that he does in uniform. And so he will work that job for four years at that desk, and then he'll retire, and the next day he'll show up back as a civilian and start growing his beard again in that same job. And so if you think about the enormity of that, you know, God was enough. He trusted that God would take care of him. And so not only did the job thing, not only did he have contiguous employment, He's got a job. He doesn't have to worry about looking for a job when he's done. It's already there. It's waiting on him. I, I used to harass him. You got to look across the hall and, you know, tell him that that desk is mine. But he's actually at the same desk, and it's a big cubicle land. Not a not a nice looking place to work, but you know, go God. Um, <laughs> he's not mad, you know. And so they're very happy. We are just over the moon to have him down in Jacksonville with us. And so, um, so. That was just the side, the short testimony. How we doing? We doing all right? Yeah. I didn't wear my watch. She brought her watch. And we have a watch one. What time we got till? Y'all buckle up. All right. I'm going to try and ram through the rest of this. Okay. So, you know, 
Okay. And God, God knows my heart, so I may cut up a little bit. And, I, and if, if, if I offend y'all, if I say something wrong, I'm approachable. Come talk to me. I, I mean well. <laughs> so trust in God, God's provision, right? And so um, I wrote here, it was, and so when, when Bill talked to me this morning, I was like, you know, we got here, y'all in the W's, H's, I'm good. I'm good. You know, because like I knew it was a possibility. I was like, you know, I knew it was a possibility, but I was like, W, I got to have enough. There's got to be enough before H that I won't have to get up and talk. Just saying. <laughs> Instead, Bill, you know, well, God has other plans. He says, yeah, you, you're comfortable in that little box. You don't have to talk to people. Now you're going to. So uh, let me open. I don't have a Bible with me. I just carry it in a phone. Um, let's get to where we're going. So, uh, you know, so after that, I, you know, let my brain smoke a little bit, thinking, okay, God, what are we talking about? Let's empty out all the noise and try and listen a little bit. You know, um, and this, this kind of was, you know, going around with Gabe yesterday and sort of seeing everything over on the other side of the river, you know, seeing everybody here at the farm, how that works, you know, all the different jobs, everybody's working together. And then, you know, when Bill was talking this morning about not, you know, not getting complacence in, in success, right? And so this was all the things sort of swirling in my head and I was kind of like, you know, God, what's, you know, all this stuff ties in together. And so, you know, back kind of to trust in God and God's provision, right? Everything belongs to God. Um, and so we may, we may have it here temporarily in the end, you know, it all ends up in his account. Um, I wrote down here, you know, first Chronicle, 2911. Mary told me I'm supposed to read it out. I was just going to make you guys do the, do the homework, but here we go. Um, this is the BSB. If you guys aren't familiar with that version, it's a newer translation, and we kind of like it. Um, all right, so not, make sure I'm in the, I think I'm in the right place. Nope, that's not it. 2911, sorry. Is That's not what I said. There we are. Okay, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the splendor and the majesty for everything in heaven and on earth belongs to you. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom and you are exalted as head over all. Um, so like I was saying, yesterday Gabe ran me around. We did this, this sort of tour of all the stuff on, well, most of the stuff on the other side of the river. And, uh, you know, like I told him, we, were, we grabbed the lunch. I was like, you know, my head is spinning. Like, you guys have got a lot of stuff going on. And, and how you're doing it, you know, um, with, with everybody just piling in and pushing forward on it, you know, it's crazy. You know, my hat's off, or, or, or off to you guys. Um, I guess, you know, the businesses are so, so successful and growing so fast that we're having to hire like outside people to come and work as employees as well, um, which is kind of a scary thing. You know, you get some, maybe some mixing of ideas, um, but uh, look, look at the businesses that, you know, I talked to Gabe, I said, I mean, like, is there a point where you guys look at stuff and say, you know, okay, this is not really sustainable. You know, this is, and I mean, I guess there's things over time that have peeled away. You know, I thought you guys were still running Ricos. I mean, you know, that's how, that's how far gone, <laughs> you know, I am from the whole thing, but, uh, but you're not. And it's been a long time, uh, you know, like six kids ago. And so, <laughs> yeah. 
so you know, I said, like, so I got to think about like, you know, are these are you sustained? And I'm not criticizing anything. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, and I, like I said, I'm an observer of things. And so I think, you know, okay, so the business choices that we're looking at, you know, what do we have going on here? We got a concrete thing that's starting up, so it can pave roads and gravel and all that. We got hardware. We got. We call them ATVs, and I'm just going to say all-terrain vehicle, meaning snow machines and side-by-sides and all that stuff. But down south, we call them ATVs. That's a four-wheeler or a quad, as you guys call it. And they're lots of fun. You know, y'all need to, to go chase James through the dust. Um, <laughs> how about, I guess I'll be coughing up pieces of Alaska for the next few weeks. Um, but that's okay, because I love it. Every time I cough, I'm like, yeah, I can taste Alaska. <laughs> um, but these, you know, these business choices, I got to thinking about, these are all, these are truly sustainable choices, right? These are all things that Alaska, Alaska's going to always need roads. Y'all's winter tears them up. Always going to have to be fixing the roads, you know. They have to get places in this weather, in the, this terrain. It's wild. It's wild country. So ATVs, hardware, everybody always needs hardware. Fan, I mean, you know, I know all the, and I know there's, there's more going on, but, you know, like, really, you know, I feel like that's, that's some wisdom and, you know, whether, you know, Y'all have just come up with through experience or whether it's a, an anointing, you know, I would, I would default towards the second. And then, you know, this morning Bill's talking about his concerns of too much. And like, I mean, I feel these, these are real concerns, right? Like, so if we look at a historical cycle, and I'm a history nut, kind of, um, not a historian, but I do like to read a lot of history. But if we look at historical cycle of empires and, you know, countries and peoples, you know, success sometimes does mess, it messes people up. Right? You know, it happens. It's a real it's a real concern. And I know that, you know, Bill's poured a lot into this place, as y'all have, and so you know, you look at it as your as your baby or your child, and nobody wants their child to get get hurt for whatever reason, right? Um, you know, can you get spoiled by too much? Yeah, yeah. I mean it's true, it's a legit concern. Um, so you know, so what's my point, right? Um, heaven is here. I mean it's here, heaven is here. All right, so I'm going to pop over to Matthew 6.10. You know, I probably don't need to, but, you know, I'm going to. And, uh, oops, that's in the wrong place. I'm sorry, I told you guys I'm a little, you know, scatterbrained. It's the voices. Um, so particularly that line, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay. We say it at our church. We actually say it every Sunday, um, you know. And there's and there's it's good stuff. It's it's truth. Someone may need you know. You may say it every Sunday. You may do the same stuff. But at some point, someone may need to hear that that word that may almost have become rote for you, right? Um, you know. So looking at all that, it's like do you know? Do we suffer in success? You know, is there is there such a thing? Um, or you know, the other flip side of the coin when y'all were living in tents. And putting, you know, horse oats in your oatmeal, right? You know, think back to that time, you know, the, the old timers. Because I know, like, you know, kids, you know, you know, y'all can cover yours. Or, you know, my kids got to have it better than, than, than I did right now. And that's what we all want as parents. I'm not trying to embarrass you guys. You guys will want the same thing for your kids when you get to that point. Um, so when you guys were eating that horse oatmeal and living in tents and it's like you you know and it's 80 below out you know did you pray did you pray so hard for this success that those that those prayers had real power and that's why 
you are where you are now. I mean, I'm going to default towards, towards the power of prayer, right? And maybe right or wrong, I don't know, I've only been here for like a week and a half, right? So, you know, maybe, maybe the whole thing's getting ready to implode and y'all hadn't told me, but it looks like it's going pretty good. And, uh, and just as an aside, let me just mark my point here. You know, when I told uh, y'all, some of y'all remember James, right? And whenever I say James, you're all like, ooh. <laughs> and I love him. You know, he's the most contentious of my brother-in-laws. He is razor smart. He does a job that has him traveling all over vast parts of the southeast, sometimes up to other parts of the country, because the company he works for, you know, when people can't fix something, he's a, he does a technician-type job. You know, they're the, he's the one that gets sent in to fix other, what other people can't fix. And God bless him, every single time he has been sent somewhere, he has fixed things. And so, so when they were threatening to fire him over not getting the shot, and he wasn't going to take it, he made a counter threat. He said, nah, I'll quit unless you give me a raise. He's still working there, so to let you guess who won, he talked to the vice president of the company, you know, and they, I guess, were, he's smart. Like, this is the kid who, when he was in trouble in grade school, you know, we'd eat a mustard and onion sandwich before talking to the teacher and then just sit there and go. <laughs> if you're watching this, James, I love you, you know I do. And you know it's true. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, and so, uh, you know, I tend to... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when we sang that last song, too, it struck me because one of the things I wrote down here, you know, thinking about all this in the business, and I was thinking specifically about starting to bring in employees who are not part of the body, right? Um, <laughs> do we carry God's banner? out there, right? We do, right? We carry God's banner. And so if you're like me, you know, 30 years ago, I didn't want to, I, I didn't need Bob telling me stuff. So did Bob say, you know, we'll forget you, you know, I hope you burn in hell. No, he didn't. We had good discussions. Like we had good legitimate discussions where we both made our points. And, uh, and in the end, we drank a Guinness and, uh, you know, uh, ate some dark chocolate and shook hands and hugged and you know and it was good, right? But he was carrying that banner, and uh, and I and I was said I wasn't going to tell any war stories, but we'll tell like, like a short one. So when I was in Afghanistan, you know, we and we were going on an operation that was supposed to be short, and it drug out to a month long, kind of like my two pages of paper here <laughs> are doing. <laughs> And um, so a few of us, like it was about a dozen out of, out of you know, 30, 40 uh, Americans, there was about a dozen of us that would get together on Sundays and just have a, like a devotional time. And it was just totally free form. Um, and so, and at that point, you know, I'd only been saved for, you know, like it was probably, it was less than a year that I'd been baptized, you know, when I tried to drown Dan Riccadelli, you know, <laughs> he was trying to baptize me, he was trying to do the Lord's work and we both went down. Thank you. <laughs> so he got a new, he got a fresh baptism. You know, you got to have that fresh water sometimes. And uh, and so thankfully, brother Al was there, and he you know snatched us both up. We we were we were we were seeing the light at the end of the tunnel for a little bit, but uh, at least we were in good hands, right? So, um, but you know, so we said we would ask ourselves, you know, because here we were, we were. 
fairly new in Afghanistan. Like, we had been in country uh, for only about a year, and a lot of the hinterland was still pretty wild. And you'd have these imams, you know, in charge of their mosques, and they're literally telling people, you know, the Americans are going to come, they're going to kill your children, they're going to do bad things to your wives, they're going to, they're, they're just saying all this terrible stuff, right? So we would talk about this, and it's like, you know, Obviously, we can't, you know, and I, and I had this cross then, and um, I'm on the second chain because I was cutting my hair and I snipped it, the first one, but um, anyways, this, you know, it was very similar, but I had to wear it longer because we specifically were told, if you're Christian, do not, do not, you know, don't go out and preach to people, you know, because that's contrary to what we're trying to accomplish there. So, of course, being in special forces, we're like, well, how can we get around that, you know? So if you're not cheating, you're not trying, right? So it's just one of the SF techniques. I don't endorse that. Don't endorse that back there at the table. I know you guys stole that answer book that one time. I just haven't found it yet. We homeschool. Um, so, so you know, um, back to the point was, you know, what can we do? You know, so. What we talked about, so what's the low-key thing that we can do? What, without, like, handing out Bibles or handing out tracts or trying to convert these people overtly, you know, all we had to do was just be Christians. And by proving the Imans as a liar through our behavior, we may not convert anybody then, but somewhere down the line, somebody else may come, right? Or they, that may birth a question. You know, that's what we really hope for, is that that question would birth in their own minds. And that they would want to know, hold it, if the Iman was telling us all this stuff, but that's not true, then what else is not true that they're telling us, right? And so that was our hope. And, you know, who, who knows? I know that, uh, you know, some of my interpreters made it, made it over, um, you know, years later. Thanks, all of them, all my interpreters made it over. I'll correct myself. All the, we had four interpreters. None of them were vetted by the U.S. They were all informal, so they all had to go through the process, and they've all, two of them are in the U.S., a couple of them are uh, living in New Zealand. Um, so, so back to, you know, carrying God's banner, right? So I got uh, Matthew 5.14, which we, you know, I'm sure somebody can quote that off the top of their head to me, but I'm going to go ahead and read it here. Whoops, we're back again. I was wrong. All right, we'll just go back. I don't do good under stress. I feel you staring at me. Right? So, <laughs> you're the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Right? So that can be obviously overt. Talking about God, it can be just behavior. Right? Because that's how, how are we going to be known. And so, uh, so a business, um, swinging back around. <laughs> I'm trying. Um, you know, Actually, I put in parentheses in my square parentheses, so that's supposed to be a point of emphasis for me. Um, you know, he doesn't need us to do this stuff, right? I'm a big believer, and this swing back to a lot of, of my viewpoint on stuff. You know, God put us here. He gave us freedom of choice, right? Now, we know the end of the book. We know who wins in the end, right? Don't most people want to choose the winner? Like, just regular people, not necessarily Christians. You know, we know we got these good things. But you can have that freedom of choice. He gives us freedom of choice to do bad things, to do good things, 
the greatest the great part about it is that you know he always loves us he always wants us back so you know when we mess up you know he's not gonna well I mean he might smack us a little bit but usually in a loving way right and um, at least we don't see that at, at the time but um, you know but that is kind of you know where we're looking so I, I was like so we've got this banner you know we're being Christians you know how does you know having a business with outsiders you know you know give what is that what's that tie into it you know does that give us the chance to plant that seed though I mean is that the way we should look at it is that you know yes the business is expanding you guys do not have enough people to fill it we're bringing these other people in but these people I'll tell you right now they you know they're looking at you guys and saying this is I'm sure you guys are probably known in this area as having successful businesses and you're moving. People want to work for that. That may be their initial way to get in there. And then they start talking to people and then questions come up. And then next thing you know, you may have you may have saved somebody, right? Isn't every even isn't even one a victory? If you plant that seed or you plant that seed and then they go start digging around on their own, you know, kind of like I did. Um you know, is this someone that God will use in his time? You know, will you plant that seed? And then they might be like me and just start talking in their car. And he'll be there. He's there. And it'll, it'll you know, it'll, it's like sitting on an electric. And I had a cheap car. It didn't have heated seats. But, you know, I missed if it was, you see, your heated seat hot-wired, it might be, you know. Um, so we may never see that blossom, though. We have to understand that, you know, in our behavior that, you know, and, and be at peace with that, you know, that that may be, it may be a generational thing. It may be five years later that something happens and it triggers a memory in that person when they're in a bad place and they get through it because of what, what you said or what you, you did and showed. Um, and so I'm using, I've got here a note that I'm using uh, Isaiah 55, 8. I like Isaiah, you know, he's probably my favorite uh, Old Testament book, just about, you know, I know there's a lot of, a lot of heavy stuff there. Um, so 55, eight, and I'll come back to that probably too. You know, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And so, you know, so you may think you're doing one thing, you may even think you're doing the God, God's work, but you know, he may have a different plan and it's, that's okay. It's, it's not our business. He's, He's huge, um, and he has he has his ways, and I'm glad he does. Um, and I'm getting there. Half a page left, guys. You're doing great. I don't really see anybody sleeping. So some of mine are smiling. That's good. We're doing all right. No major embarrassment, I hope. <laughs> okay, so um, you know, you know, I can't help. I'm going to just take a turn here. I, you know, I can't help but look around. I'm sure a lot of you guys have too, and I'm. Talking, talking to Bill too. I know there's, you know, we look at our country now, and or especially over like the last ten years or so. Uh, and again, this is where I'm an amateur study of history. You know, things have really like started falling apart. You know, do we do we go to a dark place? Do we, you know, I mean, if I knew it was falling apart and Jesus was coming back, right? I'd be like. And I'm not the only one. I know you can all say, you know, yeah, great. Come on, Lord, we're ready. Because it's better than what we got here. And so, um, but, uh, you know, then we worry about those who have not been exposed to the goodness of God. And so this is where we swing back to, you know, can we, can we help these people? Can we let the Holy Spirit move us to a different place? You know, can we let... 
Holy Spirit, take us to places that maybe Christians have not gotten to. Maybe it's not the end times. Maybe we're just maybe we're just getting into bad place because we're gonna we're gonna see a revival, right? I mean, how many times have 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 things looked like they're circling down and then, boom, you know, there's light. You know, maybe it's time for for Holy Spirit to start moving us into into business or into positions in government. And I'm not talking about a theocracy. You know, I, I, I happen to think that our, our original constitutional republic was a really good idea. And it was, you know, for the most part, you know, was set up by believers. Uh, and, and the fact that it was set up by believers and they did not mandate a state religion, I mean, think about that. They could have. They could have written anything in there they wanted. And it's probably kind of, you know, probably in the end going to come around and bite us in the butt. But, you know, I mean, they tried and we're trying. Um, move into the arts, right? So we're, we see believers moving into music, right? Moving into art because art dictates culture. Culture is what people look at, like regular people. And so if they're being fed garbage, you know, maybe it's time for them not to be fed garbage. Maybe they need to be put on a diet. Right, and I'm not, you know, you guys. I'm not talking about, you know, overt Christianity. Though I think there's a place for that, and I think that there's a place in arts and entertainment for that, and I think people need that. But a lot of the stuff now is is a mess. It's a mess. Education, right? Now, you guys, um, the kids here. I'm going to tell you, you know, I've been, I've, I have been in public school. Um, we homeschool our kids. I've seen both sides of it. I see the schools in my area. I work in an emergency room. I see a good cross-section of society. And, you know, it may seem like grass is greener on the other side, right, of the fence. We always think that, you know, there's something else better. But I'm going to tell you, you know, you got a good thing going on here. I don't I know I'm doing a dad thing, right? So, um, but... Take that for what it is. And so, you know, the little comment I have here, like by the business and government, arts, education is, you know, Satan, we're taking it back. We're taking it back and we're going to bring the lost back to our Satan. <clears throat> is, this a six, is this an Isaiah 6-8 moment? This is one of my, another one of my favorite verses out of Isaiah. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. All right. I think if we keep our eyes on Jesus and our feet on you know, solid ground, that, that you know, we can make a difference. Um, that's all I got. I appreciate y'all. love y'all. I really do love y'all. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I'm kind of sad that we're on the, the downside of our of our visit with you guys. Um, appreciate, you know, y'all. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, part of my self-diagnosed spectrum thing is if I'm in a bunch of people that I don't know, I tend to keep my mouth shut. If you get me one-on-one, -on -one, a couple of victims I've had here, but I'm, I, I will I, get me started on something. Sometimes, you know, you're gonna have to just say, hey, excuse me, I gotta go to the bathroom and walk away. <laughs> but. Uh, um, I appreciate y'all, and, and uh, you know, thank you, thank you, Lord, for just bringing us here and bringing us here safely, and for um, you know your wonderful followers, followers here, Lord.
and uh, just continue to bless them exceedingly. In Jesus' name, amen. I was just going to wear this home so they could hear us talking. I didn't realize you put that in my pocket. I don't know what you guys do from this point. Sort of hand it back to me. You got there? Thank you, Todd, and thank you, Mary, for bringing your wonderful tribe up here. No, that's good. They don't seem like tourists, do they? You know, um, all of us, I think, have hit a, a crisis point in our relationship with the Lord where we... And if you haven't, you will. Um, but I think a lot of us have where we understand that God's intention all along was the life that we now live is Christ. And it's not the, the knowledge we now have about Christ because we really are a people of information. And... Uh, the great thing about God, I, 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 I'm so struck as time has gone on uh, of the patience and long-suffering of God with every single one of us. You know, I, I was thinking the other day, I was reflecting how many times I've said to my kids um, along the way when they were growing up, how many times have I told you that? I don't know if any other parent has said that. No? Good. You just prayed. Well, my kids are grown now, so, but, um, but I had an experience recently where I had a problem in my life, not in my knowledge. I was doing good on the knowledge front. I was having trouble in my life, and that's the second time that's happened. <laughs> I mean, I don't, all right, all right, it's probably the third. Um, I don't want to. But I, it was going on for two days, three days. You know, you lay in bed and, you, and you're talking to God or you're, or you're walking around and, you, get, you know, you, 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 you need some input. <laughs> and uh, so I was in bed at four o'clock in the morning um, half asleep or whatever state that was three quarters I don't know and and I had the Lord say something to me and it was like Bill was talking about when he started it's not like I have a conversation with you guys it's not the same but I, it was so crystal clear and it was somewhat emphatic and uh, I I uh, I gotta tell you that is a, a tremendous relief just that God will uh, but then I got up, you know, probably an hour later or something, and I was thinking about it, and I was, it was a burden that was lifted, you know. And, but it dawned on me, perhaps that wasn't the first or second or third 
or tenth time that I'd, I'd heard that or knew it, you know. And I, and I didn't get, how many times have I told you this? But so I'm struck with the long patience, the long suffering and patience of God to continue to communicate to us as we grow. And, uh, you know, what our brother said about our of behavior, you know, you can't produce behavior, but boy, you can seek to abide in a place where Christ is expressed. And uh, so we serve a wonderful Heavenly Father. That's, that's exactly what He's doing. He's bringing forth the fullness, the mature Christ in our hearts. Uh, and that's why we're on the earth. That's the whole reason. <laughs> we do a lot of stuff, but that's the whole reason that we're here. So thank you, Lord, for your patience <laughs> and long-suffering to all of us to bring us forth in only the way you can. All right. I love what Brother Buddy said towards the end of his life. Aren't you glad that you hung around long enough to find out what a good father you have? I thought that was an important thing that he came up with. Okay. Well, it's been a good evening. It's nice to be together. Any announcements tonight? No announcements. Let's remember the Kellers. They're headed out late tonight. And, uh, ask Solar to cover them. Nelson and uh, Amy are going to see Zach down in Homer. Let's remember them. It's nice to have brought the Sister Carol back. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. It's an answer to prayer. Eric, Erica, and Patrick are flying to Ireland. Oh, Matthew Giles is having his operation tomorrow. And it's supposed to be five hours, five-hour operation, so let's ask the Lord to cover that. Okay. Anything else? Okay, Seth, you want to close us? Lift those things up? Thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for your word to us tonight. <clears throat> I ask a special blessing for Matthew Giles, Lord, blessing with us. And the surgeon is working on him, Lord, bless him with good recovery. And uh, bless Erica and Patrick as they travel. And, and anyone else who needs a, a touch uh, from you, Lord God, and I ask that you would uh, give us a wonderful night tonight. Amen. Amen.